You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-up show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to tune in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We do have two new callers today. So let's get started with, it looks like, Joe. Hey, Ryan. Joe from New York. So, Long-time listener, first-time caller. I was actually listening to your podcast today uh, about the offensive line grade. I think Clayton brought up a good point the other day. Uh, do you think that the uh, the offensive line grades are a result of buyers calling the protections and setting the protections? I know that uh, George Love isn't really getting a lot of those snaps right now or those opportunities. Uh, let me know what you think. Great show. Go Pack Go. Um, I, I didn't I didn't fully understand the context. I guess. I mean, part of offensive line play has to be you know getting your protections right. So that does have to play a part in it. And I know there was uh, I think that was one of the things the announcers had kind of harped on, or, or maybe it was J T O'Sullivan actually that was kind of harping on it, but. Uh, one of the plays, somebody came completely free, and he was saying that's either on Jordan Love or on the uh, the center not getting the call right. But um, you know, I, I, I guess I'm not a uh, offensive line expert to be able to answer this question in terms of how much of offensive line play comes down to to um, understanding your assignments. I would assume it's a relatively small amount, and I think the vast majority of the quality comes down to. Um, you know, the, the quality of the actual blocking. You know, now, now that you know who you're going up against, whether it's a, a two-on-one or a one-on-one or whatever it is, can you beat the guy straight up? Now, I mean, if, if the point is more or less, does he deserve some credit for making sure that the protections are correct? I think that's a very good point. And that could be worth a worthwhile discussion in terms of his value to the offensive line. You know, because it's not just, it's not all just blocking. I mean, there is an element of, of understanding that part of it. So I think that's a worthwhile um, component that doesn't really come up. It's kind of like Quay Walker's play. And adding in the aspect of him being the one that calls the defense, gets people lined up and whatnot, and kind of tacking that on to his value. But, you know, I don't think you can be a top three, top two pass blocking offensive line simply by, you know, being assignment sound. I think that's the first step, but the real hard part is actually just not getting beat by the NFL caliber player across from you. But I appreciate the call, man, and uh, look to hear from you again. We got new caller number two. What's going on? Hey, Ryan. This is Kyle from beautiful Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Sounds beautiful. Shout out to my neighbors, um, Matt LaFleur's parents. Oh. Um, I just had a... Like actual neighbors or like in the next town over? Because if they're actual neighbors... I mean, you, you got to do something. You got to do something. I mean, they, we we can't just leave that alone. You know, like bring them a pie or something. I I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Like put put you know like an apple pie, but you can like carve a G in it on the top or something. I, I only had a half a second to think of something. Okay, so just just freaking calm down here. 
But I'm just saying, we gotta we gotta come up with something. Quick question: It hasn't really been something I've heard you talk about, but um, I'm curious, and maybe this is something for you to dig into. Um, how do Jordan Love's stats in his first year starting compare to Aaron Rodgers? Um, all of them, basically, all the stats. How do they compare to Aaron Rodgers' stats in his first year starting through the first three games? All right. Thank you very much. Bill Pack and the Bears. <laughs> in your first call, Kyle, come on now. All right, fair enough. Let's take a look at it. Um, you're going to get me in trouble because if you ever compare our current quarterback to the to the most recent quarterback, which seems like a pretty basic thing that anybody would want to do, for some reason, you're a horrible human being. I, don't, I still don't fully understand the logic behind that, but um, we're going to go ahead and do it, and I'll just go ahead and take the slings and arrows for you, Chief. All right, so I think I got this pulled up now properly. So pretty similar in attempts. 96 attempts for Jordan Love, 99 attempts for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, completions, though, 64 for Rodgers, 51 for Jordan Love. 65% completion percentage for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, did it did 53% for Jordan. Rodgers threw for 796 yards. Love 655 touchdowns. Jordan Love seven. Aaron Rodgers four. Interceptions. Jordan Love one. Rodgers zero. Passer rating. Aaron Rodgers 102.9. Jordan Love 94.7. Sacks taken. Aaron Rodgers six. Jordan Love three. Uh, average net yards per attempt. Jordan Love 7.2. Aaron Rodgers, 7.92. Aaron Rodgers' success rate is 42.9%. See if I can find that over on this side. 46.4% for Jordan Love. So I would say you'd have to probably give the W to Aaron Rodgers there. They did also start 2-1. and one, Very similarly, had one big win, uh, even bigger for uh, Aaron Rodgers, 48-25 to 25 over Detroit, but then also had one kind of a clunker at 16 points and then one in the middle at 24 so very similar to what the Packers have had so far but again I think you'd have to give the nod in almost every category to Aaron Rodgers so far but again thanks for the call Kyle really appreciate that hey welcome to Jimmy's hot take I was listening here and the uh the um other guys doing the postgame show and they're talking about how Taylor uh Patrick Taylor has no more call-ups so we can't let him put him back in the patch, uh, practice squad without cutting him. So we got to keep him. So um, Emmanuel Wilson looked pretty good today. What do you think about the idea of finding a new home for A.J. Dillon? Think we could trade him? Think we just cut him? Think it's worth it? Can it do? I love A.J. Dillon so much. I'm kind of like... Like what? Like let's just let's just get the fresh blood going, you know. Um, maybe that's ridiculous. I'm sure it's pretty obvious that Wilson, Wilson, or Lewis, Emmanuel Lewis, Emmanuel Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. I keep messing that up. Uh, back down to the practice squad. But I just wanted to see what you thought of that. Go, Paco. I'm not there, uh, at least not yet. But as I've as I've told you guys before, I'm very slow to these things. I'm I'm slow to want to get rid of coaches. Um, I'm slow to come around, you know, that's why with the Jordan Love thing, like everybody's mad at me. It's like, don't get mad at me. I'm just slow to get there. Everybody else is, you know, immediately like one game and everyone's like, he's the greatest ever. It's like, well, it's going to take me some time. Um, Dylan has graded out as one of the better running backs in football for several years. This year, 
he has not, right? I'm not going to give up on him after three games. I would like to see a better offensive line. It also sets us behind the eight ball because, again, Emmanuel Wilson really hasn't looked good once we got into the regular season. Um, I mean, it is he is a more bursty player, which can be nice at times because Dylan looks like he's running in quicksand sometimes or slippery quicksand, if that's a thing. Um, so it is nice to be able to see somebody with at least a little bit of a you know, shot out of a cannon mentality. Um, but overall, it's been pretty bad for Emmanuel Wilson and Patrick Taylor as runners. Nobody's really done anything. And so if we get rid of A.J. Dillon, we don't have much. we got an injured Aaron Jones. we got two guys that are really just, you know, like third stringers. Um, and then on top of that, I don't know how long Aaron Jones is going to be here. Um, and you just don't want to set yourself too far behind the eight ball. So it would be better to hang on to Dylan. I mean, it's not it's not an emergency. You know, there, there's no... There's no, it's, it's kind of like a lot of people want to get rid of David Bakhtiari, and I understand the frustration with the injury, and even uh, Christian Watson. We got to get rid of Christian Watson because he's hurt. There seems to be this this massive desire that when we get frustrated with somebody, and I'm not necessarily saying you're doing this, I'm just it's a trend that I've noticed. As soon as we get frustrated with a player, we want to trade him. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes you got to battle through some stuff. I think with Dylan, it doesn't hurt to just keep him. You know, I mean, it it literally doesn't hurt anything. He's not holding anybody back. I don't really care for the guys that we have behind him. I mean, no offense to them. Uh, I don't think they bring anything elite to the table, and we could certainly rotate them in. I mean, I, I do think that Dylan is starting to lose snaps. I mean, uh, you're seeing Taylor start to take his job a little bit more and more, um, especially now that A.J. Dillon isn't even proving himself as a blocker, much less a runner, much less a receiver with the drops now. I mean, he's he's losing it in all phases. So, I mean, we, we may be heading in that direction anyways. So I'm, I'm not even saying I'm all the way off, out on it or that I don't understand it. I'm just going to be very slow to it, um, especially since, again, there really really is no urgency. There's not going to be a massive A.J. Dillon market. Um, it certainly doesn't hurt us to keep him. And, um, you know, there, there is upside there, especially if we can get some better run blocking. I think he's the kind of guy that can get a little bit of momentum and can do some stuff. But he's just really struggling right now with this complete lack of run blocking. He's not a guy that can really create when there's nothing there. Um, some guys can do that and some guys can't. Aaron Jones can, and that's why there's such a stark difference this year as opposed to maybe what we've seen in the past where we have like two top 10 running backs. And I know it's never looked that way. I'm just saying, you know, even PFF has acknowledged a massive drop off this year from for him, and I, I think that's a big part of it. So, um, Look, I mean, if we could get something massive for A.J. Dillon, sure, we could talk about it. I mean, there's always a price for anybody, including, you know, well, Christian Watson would break my heart. But, I mean, there, there's there's something, you know, you want to offer multiple firsts or something, like, okay, fine, let's be stupid about it. I guess I'll give him up. Uh, and David Bakhtiari, same thing. There's always a price. But it, there's there's just, we don't need to, to rush to get everybody out the door, you know. Some guys are, are maybe not... Um, I don't know, the best thing in the world. And I also understand what you're saying in terms of, you know, running out of roster spots. We have Jones, we have Taylor now, who we presume is going to be staying on the active 53, and we have Dylan, which means, you know, what do we do with Emmanuel Wilson? I'd rather have Emmanuel Wilson, da-da-da. Um, I get it, but again, it's, it's I, I don't think Emmanuel Wilson is, is a guy that you have to catapult to the front of any kind of line. Dylan has massive way more upside even even if he's never going to be that guy and i've kind of come to that i don't think he's ever going to be a premier running back i think he can be a decent you know if he, if he can reach his full potential he's a solid uh just dude you know just a, a down to down top 15 top 20 type of guy you know he's never going to give you like christian mccaffrey Bijan type of vibes or anything like that 
But um, yeah, I'm just personally, I'm in no hurry to to really get rid of anybody. Um, there's no urgency. There's there's no one that we really need to bring into the fold. I mean, if we're going to make a, a move for a guy like Jonathan Taylor, which I'm not saying I'm in favor of because I'm really kind of not. But if we were, then it's like, okay, yeah, we, we may need to move on from A.J. Dillon at that point. Um, but right now, I, 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 I don't know. I'm not doing it for Emmanuel Wilson. I'll just say that. Hey, what's going on? So I'm on a firefighter. What's up, man? Uh, I would say, how you doing? Well, I'm sure he's doing great. Doing great. <clears throat> just got back home, and I saw that we actually came back and won. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> it's only two times in my life where I didn't finish a Packer game. It was this game, because I'm like, I'm thinking it's over. Like, it's the point. Say the Phil Mary game. And then the other game was, like, Save. I don't remember how long ago it was. This when we played the Cowboys. Oh, we were okay. down, like, by three touchdowns. And Matt Flynn was the quarterback. And oh. I cut that off and just was like, forget it. And then I, like, Man, probably cut it back stop on, cutting like, off with, games, like, dude. a minute left. And we came back and won that, and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, dang, I missed that. So you missed I'm two kind of great sad. comebacks. I missed this game, uh, the but I will say this: I'm happy for the team. I still stand by everything I said that we need. I definitely still think we need all that. But this is the most important thing I want everybody to know, and I hope the GM knows: we need to pay Rashawn Gary's contract yes. because it is just crazy. Like he just he just did his thing, and he deserved. You know, he got a game all night thing, but he definitely just need to go ahead and get that uh, contract. So yep. they go ahead and pay him now. And just maybe get everybody else to play that hard <clears throat> on the defense as well. So, all right. Yeah, and, you know, I don't want to set any alarm bells off or anything, and I, I don't have that. But I just I hope that it isn't something relatively serious. Um, you know, Rashawn definitely wants to be here. But, you know, he also definitely wants to get paid. I just hope there isn't, like, some kind of a conflict, which you could understand why there would be. Rashawn looks at it and says, I am a – top pass rusher in the NFL and the Packers say yes you are but you're a top pass rusher that has injury issues or, or whatever like you're coming off an injury so you know I don't know um, I'm sure they'll they'll come to some kind of an agreement the Packers uh, do a great job of not letting guys like this walk and no I don't want to hear about Devontae because that was a different situation where he did not want to be here um, but you know premier players that want to be here the Packers get a deal done so it's going to get done but um, usually I always cringe when, you know, guys are about to get paid. Like, oh, man, that salary cap, please don't do it. I, I don't care with Rashawn, man. I just I want him to make a bunch of money and um, just ball out. Because the, the other cool thing about Rashawn, and you can never 100% know any of these things, and obviously injuries could play a part in it, but he is the last person on this entire team that I would ever expect to get paid and then then take the foot off the gas. I mean, maybe, you know, because he's maybe he's working so hard, he's kind of burning himself out a little bit, and he kind of, now that I got paid, I can slow down a little bit kind of thing, but I just don't really see it, man. It's in his DNA. He's a worker. So, yeah, I, um, I just, I want that, you know, and it would be cool. I mean, even after like a game like he just had, it would have been cool to kind of, to be able to reward him with that because you can see how much this stuff means to him. I mean, you know, we, we saw when he got drafted and he was balling his eyes out, you know, he's, he wears his heart on his sleeve. And after this last game, he got the game ball and he broke down, you know, um, that level of support from the team to be able to offer him a, a, a contract that sets him and everybody else up in his family for life. And, um, just, just giving him that, that, uh, what would you call it? The, 
the ultimate vote of confidence, the ultimate, like, we got your back is, is a, a big long-term contract that just says, you know, we, we invested in you, we believed in you, and we were right, and we still do, and here's how much, you know, we, we want to invest in you, essentially. Um, I hope that happens, but, you know, whatever. It'll, it'll get done. I just, I hope it's not a next year's off-season distraction kind of thing where it becomes, you know, is there a problem? What's the problem? There's some rumors and this, that, and the other, and then you run with the rumors, and then they come out it's not true, and then you look stupid, and it's like, I don't want to do this stupid game. And then there's, like, trade stuff, like, oh, are they going to move them? Maybe they can't afford them, and it's like, oh, shut up. Yes, they can. Well, maybe, you know, he's causing problems, and he's going to get traded. Like, I just, I like off-season drama. I'm all about it. Like I said, football is, is man- soap operas but um i don't want that to be a thing ryan kyle from Matt. what's up what's up i'll let you know if you haven't already if you want to just do what i'm doing all night tonight and just set the juke move uh jordan Lugden, Mario Davis, loop uh it's highly highly my unique so just wanted to bring some special recognition to that moment in the game because Holy crap. Okay, talk to you later. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, be able to juke a premier linebacker out of their shoe. And, and, you know, it's it's funny because you saw the play and it was like, yeah, you know, what? but think how differently the game would have been if he couldn't do that. If he wasn't able to move the way that he moved and, and to be able to break a linebacker's ankles like that. I mean, he doesn't score the touchdown. He's short. You know, if what, what what do we do? I can't exactly remember the the point of the game, but I'm guessing we'd have to go for it again. What if we don't convert? Um, you know, we don't go for it on two. Uh, don't go for two, and we don't get that play. Like everything just ends in disaster, and it ends up being just a terrible game. I mean, that was a critical, critical thing. As was the two point. I mean, all of it was critical when you when you got that big of a comeback. Um, but yeah, what what an awesome play. And he did some he's done a lot of great things with his legs. I mean, more than I even I expected. Um, I know he was very good at just generally evading pressure, but he's had some big chunks, some big gains with his legs. So I'm pretty excited about that. Why don't we take our first break here? If you want to support the podcast, please feel free to do so at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Thank you very much to Mr. Carson Caldwell for jumping on Patreon. Really, really appreciate that. Thank you. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. 
Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Ryan, it's Jersey Spike. So, uh, it's it's almost 12 Central Time, 11.34. I just want to say 12 because driving right now from uh, Texas to Tennessee. And uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm experiencing an odd feeling right now. So, I, I've driven right now through three major thunderstorms, 60-mile-an-hour gusts. Uh, one of them had a bunch of hail. Okay. Vehicle's fine, thank- thankfully. But but the trip started real bad. Uh, the truck uh, that I was originally driving decided to throw a check engine light, and I found it was something that I can't fix immediately, and it had have to order a part that I can't get on hand at any local store. So I had to turn around and drive an hour out of my way to go mm. pick up another vehicle That's from my house and restart my trip. And the whole time I was thinking, you know what? I don't care. I'm so happy. <laughs> the way that we won this game, um, it, it, it I, my anger was real high at the beginning, and it's real low now. Um, Jordan Love is just, there's something about the way that he plays football. He's, like, I'm stressed out watching the offense itself work, yeah. but he just goes out there and he just, he knows what he's doing. He's so poised. It is funny that it, it feels like we have more anxiety about his throws than he does. We're sitting on our couch, and like if, if you paused it, and Jordan just like spoke into the TV and was like, "I'm going to throw this pass to Jaden Reed down there," you know, like there was the the pass, and I mentioned this on tomorrow's podcast too. But Clayton did a, a breakdown of um, one of the passes and highlighted how he had two guys open underneath, right? basically two checkdowns underneath. It's like second and eight. And he's cocking back to throw like a, basically kind of a 50-50 ball, but it's one of those that the defender's back is turned, so he's not really going to make a play on it. But you still got to try to get the ball in there. Dude, I, my, my heart would just sink, and I'd be like, no, dude, take the check down. Like, don't, like I, I love you, man, and this is great, and you, I'm sure you can do it, but no, don't. Please don't, because it's going to be third and ten. Like, I don't, I don't, just like, you know, second and two, sound, or third and two sounds great. I'm not going to lie. Like, let's do, let's do third and two. Dude, I, I just, every time I just have a heart attack when the ball goes up, which again reminds me of Brett Favre, you know? I didn't necessarily have that with Aaron, even though I, you know, I don't know. It depends on the era, I guess. It was different eras for Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers where you had different levels of confidence or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, I just, it, he he just, he doesn't care. And in fact, not only does he, he gets excited, like he doesn't have anxiety, he gets excited. Like, ooh, I got an opportunity to throw it 40 yards, I'm doing it. Dude has 
I mean, there's no more Matty Ice. I mean, we got a new <laughs> Jordan Ice doesn't really roll off the tongue, I guess. Could call him Jay Freeze. Handles adversity is incredible. I mean, he, yeah, he threw that pick, but again, I, I don't think that was necessarily on him. Um, there's a lot of good balls that he threw that were dropped. A lot of guys that gave up on routes that I think could have could have gotten them, you know, the ball. There's a lot of a lot of rough plays by the DBs, but you know what? A wide receiver should be able to hang with that. Our defense pulled off a, a, a good win. Um, I, I guess I guess the one thing I would say that I was unhappy about with this entire game is our running offense. And I, I don't remember what his name is uh, talking about Aaron Jones, but you're right. We need it back. Oh, I've been in agreement with you. Uh, I've watched the way that Dylan has run recently. I'm upset with him, but I, I don't think it's necessarily Dylan's fault. I think it's the offensive line needs to do a much better job run blocking. There's some teams that get guys open to holes that uh, that you know are are a lot worse than AJ Dylan. So I think there's there's something to benefit there. But Aaron Jones is is just electric, like you were saying, right? He's he's top three back in the league. I, I don't think. You know, he's far off of how much, you know, juice he's got like Chris McCaffrey. I, I think he's up there. Anyway, go Pat, go. Yeah, he, he is He is and always will be the biggest anomaly to me because, and I don't know if this is just me, but he doesn't look spectacular when he runs, but he always just does like the exact right thing, the exact right movements, the exact right everything to, to just rip off these big plays. You know, it's not hard to see Bijan do something and be like, dude, that guy's special. You look at Aaron Jones' run, and it's just like, yeah, I mean, it looks like anybody could have done that. You know, I didn't really notice anything special. But then you watch other guys do it, and they, they don't do what Aaron Jones does. And you, you also understand that, I mean, as consistent as he has been at getting like 5.5 yards per carry, you realize not a lot of guys can do it. There's so much subtlety and nuance in the things that he does so precisely and so correctly that make him as good as he is. So yeah, really, really, really hoping we get him back tomorrow. Happy Victory Monday. Hey. Anyways, I'm listening <laughs> to Packernet after dark, and I'm going to just say a couple things. So, um, a kind of suspicion, uh, not suspicion, superstition got brought up mm-hmm. of uh, Nate not being allowed to watch the games, and he's only allowed to talk trash. And um, I, I hope that's not the case because I don't want you to become a negative fan, Nate. Um, and my, I keep saying suspicion, it's kind of suspicious up in here, um, but no, my superstition is basically, I always wear a jersey to watch the games, right? And then eventually I take that jersey off because my food's ready because I'm watching it at my house and nobody really cares whether I wear my jersey at my house or not. And so I take the jersey off and then the Packers start playing a lot, heck, heck and a lot better. Um... And so, but because I was at the Packers bar yesterday, I I wasn't going to take my Jordan Love jersey off in the middle of the game. So what did I do? I took my Packers hat off, and then Jordan Love ran a touchdown in. So that's my superstition. Um, Just taking, as weird as it sounds, taking off one of my Packers items. Anyways, um, following this, seeing social media, seeing the big reactions from the game from, like, non-fans, they're like, oh, the, the, the two big ones that I'm seeing are if Derek Carr would have played or wouldn't have gotten hurt, then the Packers wouldn't have won. And maybe so. But Yeah, you know what? And if they were able to block our elite pass rusher, maybe he wouldn't have gotten hurt. 
So seems to be reasonable that that's on them and maybe a little bit on us for being good enough to be able to get there and smoke their quarterback and then knock them out of the game. Not saying that was the intention, but, you know, if you don't want your quarterback getting knocked out so that you can win football games, maybe you should not suck at blocking. How about that? Also, this game would have been a lot different if we had our majority of our offensive first team out there and some of our defensive players, our top defensive players. It's yep. like, yes. Don't make the excuses game would have been a like whole a lot loser. different if, all, if no injuries happened in the, and everything was equal. And another one that I'm seeing is, oh, the Packers got lucky that the that that kicker missed the field goal, as if we didn't have a minute left with three timeouts to go down the field to make a field goal, with all the momentum, mind you. Um, and so uh, people just pick and choose and just want to hate. And yeah, I mean that's an execution thing. Well, yeah, you, you got lucky. Okay. And then you got lucky that we didn't score a touchdown on another drive so that the field goal would have been nullified, right? I mean, if you get to pick an area where you didn't execute and say, but if they did execute, then it would have been different, then we get to do the same thing. So you're right. I mean, people are just picking and choosing stuff and then assuming, like, we don't get a turn to do that. Like, well, you got lucky. Dude, the entire game is luck, right? (laughs) I mean, did you see how many drops there were or, or pass deflections or whatever you want to call it? Did you see that? What happens if, you know, instead of that big sack, we get the protections right and we don't have somebody coming free off the edge? Did, did the Saints just get lucky? Well, technically they did. They didn't do anything as far as skill is concerned. They got lucky that the Packers messed up the protections. They got lucky that Jordan Love missed Luke Musgrave deep down the field. They got lucky that on fourth down, our running back ran the wrong route. They got lucky that the other time um, our running back couldn't throw a football and then our quarterback slipped. So we couldn't convert those fourth downs. You got lucky on both of those things, right? And if that's not luck, that's a lack of execution. What the heck is a kicker missing a field goal? Don't make stupid excuses. It's just kind of the sooner they start to realize that Jordan Love, I hate to say this, I'm being very, very hypocritical right now, but as soon as they realize Jordan Love is him, They're going to be a lot more okay with life. Um, anyways, it's raining really hard, so I should probably focus on driving um, because I'm in a lot of traffic. And, yeah, bye. Yeah, I mean, that that's just... There, there's two main groups of people doing that. There's Saints fans who are throwing a temper tantrum about nonsense. Um, well, I guess there's three. Then there's Packers haters, which is, there's a lot of overlap here. Uh, Packers haters and then just the negative Packer fans, which are essentially just internal Packers haters, but uh, Bears fans, Vikings fans, Lions fans of the four that exist, and uh, negative Packer fans who want to come in and be like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Lions fans are going to try to yeah, but the Green Bay Packers after they beat the Chiefs with no Travis Kelsey, no Chris Jones, and their wide receivers dropped like 90% of the passes. And they're going to talk to us about we got lucky because of a missed field goal. Okay. What are we doing? I'm jumping for love, buddy. I'm jumping for love. What an incredible win. I'll take it. It made me want to throw up. (laughs) But in the end, it's a win, baby. It's a win. Yep, couldn't hear the song, but uh, very, very good win. Uh, Garrett, once again. 
Okay, in all seriousness, Ryan, the first thing that is on the radio on my way to work is ESPN talking about Taylor Swift and the Kansas City Chiefs. you got to be freaking kidding me. They have a game where Miami scores 70. You know what's weird about that? Isn't the demographics of people that play, watch, and uh, participate in football like 90% dudes? Who cares about Taylor Swift? I understand like there's 10% that maybe are interested in Taylor Swift a lot and also watch football. But there's not a huge overlap there. These are very different uh, demographics. Who cares? This, I mean, it, it, it's just it's such an absolute embarrassment that we're spending so much time talking about a random tight ends maybe relationship with somebody. What are we in freaking middle school? Who are they dating? Wow, that's amazing news. Who cares? Green Bay in their home opener has a. Incredible comeback, and the first thing they lead off with is Taylor Swift. Here's hoping that Kelsey and Taylor Swift break up before tomorrow, <laughs> because I don't think I could take another NFL Sunday of Swifties taking over my football. That is just not going to happen. Go Pack Go. Well, that, and that's what I mean. Like Swifties are a thing, right? Is there such a thing as an NFL fan that is also a Swiftie? I, I can't imagine there's a huge overlap there. These these are two very different demographics. So why is the NFL spending so much time focusing on this? We don't care. I don't care. It's not interesting to me. Not even a little bit. I don't know anything about her other than she's a singer. I was I was shocked to find out how popular she was recently. Had no idea. To me, she's just an artist like any other artist that has a lot of songs that are, you know, known. Can I name a single song of hers? No. Have I heard it? I'm sure I've heard a lot of them. What does this have anything to do with football? I have no idea. It's kind of like uh, the gymnast who's dating the backup safety that we have. I mean, it's it's kind of cool, only because it's the Packers, though. But I just I just don't care about the dating lives of football players. Like, you know, we had to hear it with Rodgers all the time. And, you know, my only contribution to that was make a joke about how now his career is going to go down the drain and then everybody gets mad at me because this is a very serious thing, the dating thing, and how dare you make a joke. And it's like, oh, geez, would you shut up? Not even going to let me have a little bit of fun. I'm trying not to be miserable. I'm trying to have a little bit of fun and make a joke, and I can't even do that. Okay, great. So now, <laughs> so now, so now the NFL has gone like total Real Housewives. Not only is it nonsense relationship drama, but it's super serious. And you can't joke about it. Like, this is very serious. Bro, who cares? And it's like their podcast is blowing up because they want the scoop. Like, who, who, what, what is happening? Are grown men seriously tuning in to this Kelsey podcast because they want the scoop on Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? What the heck is wrong with the world? Good lord! Like, can I, can I just ask you what, what happens if they are dating? Because everybody wants to know. Like, it's super, it's a really big deal. Like, we got to know why. Why do you need to know that? What, what happens then? Something happen? Does anything change? Anything change in your life? Or, or his life? That's relevant? Her life? Like, what, 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 what happens? Anything? Or nothing? Are you invited to, like, go out to dinner with them? 
Do you win a prize? Do the Chiefs like change their jerseys to put a little patch, a TS patch? Is she going to start doing like halftime shows for the Chiefs? Like, is there is there a single interesting thing that's going to happen if the news is true? If not, what 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 are we doing? And you're right. I mean, it's it's all every broadcast that isn't even talking about the Chiefs. Now they're talking about Taylor Swift. Like watching the Eagles game, and it's like, well, we've got a Taylor and a Swift. Which, by the way, was actually a little bit funny. Or a Kelsey and a and a Swift. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's pretty good actually. A Kelsey and a Swift. Aside from that, though, I mean, can we stop? It's just it's just stupid. Hey Ryan, it's Craig from Indiana. Hey Craig, uh, was at the uh, Saints Packers game. What's uh, up this uh, weekend? Yesterday, and uh, a couple of couple of things of being at the game. One, uh, the reception for Jordan Love was awesome. It was so cool. I don't know. They probably don't even show that on TV, but um, it was. Uh, I was so glad they did the offense, and I figured they would. So that was really really cool to yeah. see. And, and he was obviously pretty fired up coming out through the tunnel. Um, at uh, halftime, they had a bunch of alumni there uh, from the. Uh, Lombardi days all the way up through the 2000s. So that's always kind of cool, especially seeing uh, Robinson and Jerry Kramer um, was there as well. But Leroy Butler and um, uh, Magic Man was there. Nice. So it was, it was cool. That's always, uh, that's always a neat uh, a neat thing that they, they do there. Um, as, as far as the game, as you could imagine, the, the crowd was pretty checked out, <laughs> it seemed like, around, not at the beginning. I mean, they were fired up, sure. uh, especially that Kenny Clark sack right at the beginning. Um, I think of the first series for mm-hmm. the Saints, and that was down at our end. And the crowd was going nuts, and then, again, we just couldn't do anything that whole first half. Um, and... Then uh, I think the turnaround really seemed to be the uh, the two point conversion, uh, which which was a great call. I think it was yeah. absolutely the right call because uh, if you miss it, then you you know you go for two a second time sure. uh, to try to tie it up versus trying to to again uh, give yourself a chance to win it. Um, and so then after that, I think the crowd was super super into it, and we were obviously playing better and. Um, so that was exciting, but yeah, that first three quarters was miserable. I think it's the first time I actually have in polka during the beer barrel polka. I was just so upset. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Couldn't get myself to dance. Sure. Um, but anyway, it was uh, awesome. Great to be there. I did, I did uh, whisper to my grandson who was with me as the fourth quarter was starting that, Hey, we're going to witness one of the greatest comebacks in Packer history. Oh, wow. Um, and then that happened. So that was cool. Uh, I was being a little sarcastic, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, it proved to be prophetic. So um, excited about Thursday. Hope uh, hope we freaking get uh, healed and uh, go back go. That's a cool moment, especially for your grandson. I mean, maybe he knows you're full of it, but um, that's that's one of those things you remember for a long time. You know, first of all, to be able to see Jordan Love's first start. I mean, that that's a cool thing. But then to be able to say, you know, to to give that whole story. Be like my grandpa leaned over and was like, We're, "You're going to witness the greatest comeback in history." And then they came back. That's awesome. I'm glad you got to uh, glad you got to be there. Glad they got the win. Good start for Jordan Love's career for sure. And uh, yeah, hopefully they can continue that into uh, into tomorrow. Hey Ryan, this is uh, Trucker Bob. Hey Trucker Bob. Um, 
have calmed down finally. <laughs> In a really good mood today. Good. Anyways, uh, we brought our truck home this weekend, and we're going to be home for like three weeks. However, two of those weeks, we're going to uh, Germany, and we're going to have fun uh, with Oktoberfest over there. Um, I'm looking forward to some original German bratwurst. Mm. And uh, I've had them in Wisconsin, but we'll see how they compare with the real German bratwurst from Germany. Anyways, what I wanted to call about is some of the talk shows are talking about how Jordan Love only completed 50% of his passes. I'd like to point out, however, that he had a lot of passes that were knocked out of our receiver's arms. They were really, really well defended. Yep. In fact, maybe a little too closely defended, but (laughs) one time the broadcast said one player alone had defended five of them. Um probably it's over half a dozen, you make those completions, his completion percentage is pretty darn good. The thing I'd like to point out is the passes were accurate. They were put where the receiver could have caught it. The thing was, the defender was there and knocked it away or pulled on his arm or whatever needed to be done to keep him from catching the ball. There was one play, though, and I think I understand the rule I'd like you to clarify the rule. Uh, it was on the left side of the end zone. I think it was the uh, first trip down. I can't remember if it's the one where we didn't score anything because we went for it on fourth down or we kicked our first field goal. Where Love threw the ball in the uh, left corner, I think it was Romeo Dobbs, he went up to get the ball, and the defender never looked back. His hand was up in the air and actually was touching his face shield. Is that not a definition for face garden? I thought face garden was illegal where you couldn't block the eyesight of the receiver as he's receiving the ball. Do I have that rule wrong, or do I understand it properly and they just didn't call it? He almost caught the dang ball. It wasn't until the guy kicked it out of his off his chest right at the very end but I thought that should have been a face gardening call other than that I think Jordan did really well his passes were on the money but those uh, those defenders those defensive backs they were Tricker Bob got cut off there so a couple things Um, yes and and I did actually bring up that exact point the the pass deflections uh, counting against Jordan Love that were good passes I will say this. Look, there is context um, that improves his passer rating for sure, or excuse me, his uh, completion percentage, but it it doesn't explain it away. So, I mean, part of the issue is if we use that as a separate metric, let's, you know, it increases everybody's completion percentage. So we're still with a relatively broad gap. And even if you say, well, I think Jordan Love probably has had that more than everybody else. Maybe, maybe not, but even if it is, there's still such a huge gap. It doesn't close the gap enough. One other thing that I looked at was um, sort of the aggressiveness thing, which as far as I know, I was the first one to kind of bring that up, but um, the, the difficulty of his throws. But again, it's it's similar to where it's it's context, but it doesn't explain it away. And the reason I say that is that the next highest was Deshaun Watson, 
Deshaun Watson is, is relatively close, not quite as high in aggressiveness and difficulty of throws or, or expected completion percentage, whatever. But he's like 10% higher in terms of his actual completion percentage. Jordan Love is at 53. Deshaun Watson is at 63. So to say that that explains it, it certainly does not. So yeah, all these things factor in. He's throwing very difficult throws. There's some miscommunications. There's been some drops. There's been some uh, um, guarded passes. But there's also been incompletions. And, and we can't pretend that we haven't seen them. We've, of course, seen them. We've seen the Aaron throws. And it's, it's been at a higher rate than it should be. And... Um, it is what it is. As far as face guarding, I don't think that's actually a penalty in the NFL, as far as I know. Could be wrong. Um, I think face guarding essentially becomes a penalty if you make contact, essentially making it pass interference. But I don't think face guarding is actually a penalty in the NFL. Maybe in the lower rungs, uh, college or high school or something, it's a penalty, but I don't think in the NFL. Maybe, uh, maybe it used to be. I think it's maybe uh, a penalty that uh, used to exist that let's see yeah just from a a brief looking around it looks like maybe in the 80s and 90s but at some point it was removed as a penalty from the nfl anyways let's take one more quick break and we'll come back and see what nate's got to say hey brian it's nate um just wanted to call in and give my um you know my thoughts about the game a little bit after everything has kind of calmed down I mean, first of all, like any time the Packers win, regardless of how much it is by, I'm ecstatic. Like it's just the best. It's the best week ever. We're on top. You know, we're two and one. We're tied for first in the division. Things are going really great. But, but when that comes on the same week that the Bears get an absolute thrashing, yes, by the Chiefs, mm, mm, chef's kiss. I I have been I have been rock. Since the game ended, I'm a little bit concerned. I might actually call my doctor because it's not supposed to last longer than four hours. But man, this is just better than Viagra. That's all I got to say. Let that go. What am I? How do? How do you? How do? How, what? 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 Okay. All right. Okay. Fair enough. I get. I. I mean, I get it. I get it. That was that was about the best ending to uh, to anything. And then the Vikings fall to zero and three in heartbreaking fashion. Freaking fumble. I think ends the game. I mean, it just beautiful beautiful week of football but i'm I'm over here just bleeping out words that are not even swears because i don't even know what to do with myself but uh nate you're one of a kind my friend hey what's going on it's omar the firefighter how y'all doing i'm just calling to shout out my boy jersey mike for being hilariously funny he had me laughing all the way me driving i'm listening to him just being so peed off he went ham on everybody (laughs) <laughs> it was so funny. I just wanted to thank him for that. Uh, even the little clown voice, female nurse, I don't know who, how he was sounding, but it was hilarious. It was very funny. I just wanted to thank him for that. Um, but that was, I'm mad. I missed the game. I didn't get to see it live. But uh, it, it sounded like it was a blast, and I'm happy we won. And I just know, appreciate the packing that family and knowing that, we didn't lose a draw. We got each other's back, and we're going to put a smile on our face intentionally or unintentionally. All right. Go back, go. I appreciate that, man, and um, I am definitely glad that you've all got this place to come and yell and scream, and then you can listen to other people yell and scream. And it's not just me yelling and screaming. That that was like my whole thing. This is a place, place for me to come yell and scream, and then it turns out people wanted to listen to it. I'm like, all right, you freaking weirdos. 
I guess if you want to listen to me yell and scream, that's fine. And then I open up the phone lines and you guys yell and scream. We can all listen to each other yell and scream. It's a, it's a weird... We're weird people, man. Ryan, Kyle from Madison. What's up? Happy Victory Monday. So I think there's a big story that's getting lost in yesterday's game. And that is that I'm the one that caused us to win. That is lost, yeah. So I'm surprised the national media isn't covering that. Let yeah. me explain. So I went into the game with my Packers shirt and then my shareholders scarf, shareholders hat combo. Okay. Because um, we won against Chicago when I was wearing that. Yeah, it's a good combo. Um, I get it. Obviously, that was my fault. I switched it up. And I'm happy to report that the winning combo is put the scarf on the couch, sit down, don't stand up, and only wear the shareholder's hat. Okay. Everything turned around, and we looked like world beaters. So I'm pretty sure I'm the one that got us to win, and I have found out the magic winning combination of swag so everyone can rest easily i'm sure we will not lose again thank you very much talk to you later yeah i mean you know to be fair i mean you almost lost us the game but i i am glad you figured it out i appreciate the diligence of not giving up i mean that's real heart right there you know um some fans would have just thrown in the towel some fans would have been burning their jerseys already but but you you had the the ability to hang in there hang tough stay strong that's what winners are made of that's what champions are made of to uh to keep fighting you know keep trying different combinations sometimes you got to sit sometimes you got to lay down on the floor sometimes you got to go in the kitchen you know um you just got to go get a bag of chips and don't come back until something happens uh you know switch it up shirt on shirt off jersey t-shirt hat hat forward half back hat backward you know do i on a big play like what do you do do you do you stand do you sit do you pray do you you know do a terrible towel over your head you know, you, you got to fight, man. I mean, the players are out there fighting, and uh, you don't want to be the one that gives up and, and the team loses on account of, you know, you just not having what it takes. So appreciate you, Kyle, for not giving up on the team, not just slouching on the couch, but saying, you know what, I, I got to be the one. I got to be the one that steps up and, and makes a play here. And you did. And uh, kudos to you for that. Brian, uh, I got to thinking after you had talked about in one of the podcasts in the last day or so about what teams in the NFC come to mind as being great teams. And you started off with San Francisco. Well, it got me thinking of the parallels that Green Bay... I was thinking you were going to say rice Aroni. Go ahead. ...can be um, linked to San Francisco. So, for instance... San Francisco has the veterans, but if you draw a comparison to a veteran for San Francisco to a rookie of ours or a second-year player, how good could we possibly be? Could we be that good like a San Francisco in a year or two? So let me start with Bosa. Okay, Bosa is a veteran. We have, you know, you could make a really good case that Gary is even better than Bosa, but we also have Van Ness. Is Van Ness like a potential young Bosa? Then you have their linebacker, Warner. We have Quay Walker, which you could draw comparisons that he's starting to ascend to that level where he could be even better. 
Then you have Debo. We have Reed. Now, is Reed going to be the person that runs over guys left and right? Maybe not, but he may get used in a lot of the similar type of play styles that Debo gets used in. And then you have Ayuk, who I think is a really top-tier wide receiver. We have Dobbs, who I think is just as good. And then you have Love compared to Purdy. I think Love has a much higher ceiling than Purdy, but Purdy has been very efficient since he's been playing. But I still think Love can catch up with him and go by him. So I think Green Bay is like a young San Francisco team. And, I mean, the comparisons can be drawn even with Shanahan and LaFleur. These guys have coached together. So I really do think that in a year or two, we could be that next San Francisco team that just nobody wants to play, that nobody wants to meet in the playoffs, that we're just that juggernaut of a team. We have all the first-round talent on the defense. We've just got to get there just a little bit, you know, take it to another tier. But I think we're getting there. So I think the future is bright, so I'm going to wear some shades. I'm out. Yeah, I mean, it is cool to think of. You You kind of put these teams on a pedestal sometimes and, and figure like, okay, well, they're there. Hopefully we can get somewhere like second tier from there. But, you know, if you think about it, there, there's no real reason that you can't necessarily get there. I think if anything, San Francisco's taught us that you don't need an offensive line to play football. <laughs> I'm looking at their offensive line. They got a defense. And like you said, they got Kittle and the wide receivers and obviously the scheme. But my goodness, let, let me let me say some names. Just tell me. Uh, you can just say it in your head, I guess, whether or not you've heard of these people. So first, obviously, is their left tackle, Trent Williams. Everybody's heard of him, right? Okay, cool. How about Aaron Banks? Maybe you've heard of him. If you're big into the draft, you probably know him because he was a second-round pick in 2021. But that's kind of a that's kind of a throwback because he has not done jack squat since. How about Jake Brendel? Spencer Burford and Colton McKivitz. Anybody? Because that's their offensive line. It is putrid, and they're dominating everybody with an elite defensive line, just dominant defensive play, period, and then just a scheming wizard with some weapons. So I guess the the theory here is, yeah, just keep investing in that uh, that defensive line, man. That's all we're missing. And safeties, I guess. But we got... They got one corner. We got that. They got the linebackers. We got that. They got the wide receivers. Maybe we got that. We'll have to see. We got a guy that's at least as good as Purdy, I would say. They got McCaffrey. We got Aaron Jones. Fair enough. I would say we at least have as good of an offensive line. We don't have Kittle, but we'll we'll see what uh, Musgrave can do when he's at full throat. What is it we're missing? It's that defensive line, man. Bosa with a 94 PFF grade. Eric Armstead with an 88 PFF grade. And Javon Hargrave with a 91 PFF grade. That's what we don't have. So, sorry to ruin everybody's day, but more first-round picks on defensive line. That's 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 what we got to do. I'm I'm kidding, by the way, but I'm just saying. That's that's their formula, anyways. That's the Eagles' formula. So, and I don't know. Victory Monday, Victory Monday, it's a fun day. It's Victory Monday. How's it going, Ryan? Good, man. Just calling in to give a little cheer again. I know I did it yesterday, and I'm going to do it again today because it's Victory Monday, and every time we have one of those, which. As Packer fans, we have more often than not. It's a great day. Don't believe Garfield's right. Mondays are awesome as long as you want on Sunday. <laughs> um, I'm on. I'm just really kind of calling. I've been 
listening to uh, everybody's kind of talk and chatter and, you know, the everybody's kind of grumbling about how bad we looked and at the same time, of course, talking about how great it was that we did so great in the fourth quarter and Jordan Love got his comeback win and such a big comeback win. Uh, I want everybody to understand one simple fact. You know, John Elway, amazing comebacks, come from behind player. Um, Patrick Mahomes, amazing comeback or come from behind player. Tom Brady was really good as a come from behind player. The one thing you have to remember that's in common with all of these guys, their team had to suck balls for a half or more for their team to fall behind by three or more scores for them to be able to have this amazing come from behind victory. That's the only way you can get a come from behind victory is that your team really, really sucks for a big chunk of the game. So, Let's understand how our come from behinds are, and let's be happy that we got a guy that early on in his career has shown he can rally and come from behind and not be upset about the fact that we fell behind and that we looked bad for a while. Let's be happy that we got a guy that can make it up and come back because the last guy we had in Rodgers wasn't so good at that. You know, granted, a lot of wins, very few come from behind wins once we got out. And, again, more times than not, we never really got down because Rodgers was good enough to keep us from getting down. You know, the team was good enough to keep us from getting down. Shouldn't give all the Rodgers. The team was good enough to keep us from getting down. But he didn't do a lot of come from behind. So let's, let's look at it for what it is. It's a whole game. It's, let's not complain about it in chunks and pieces. I know people are going to want to. I'm sure, Ryan, you're going to tell me that, you know, we've got to look at it. It's a bigger picture. But maybe you won't. Maybe, you know, other people out there will see it the way I did. It's a whole game, and the only way you get the big come from behind and can scare teams like Patrick Mahomes does, you know, we're, we're up by, you know, 14 points, but we could still lose this game because there's five minutes left and Patrick Mahomes can make the comeback. The only way we can do that is to be down and have the guy, the team just kind of look bad for a bit. So I rambled on long enough. I got two days of work before my barbecue stand is closed for the season, oh, and man. I am so happy and so excited for my off season. Then I get to watch football. Go pack, go! Well, wish me luck because I'm I'm doing a brisket, um, and I, I I I have not actually like sat down and worked out the timing. I'm kind of just I keep thinking about it like, oh shoot, I got to do that. Oh yeah, well, when should I put it? Uh, I don't know, like this time, and that keeps changing every minute. So I'm I'm very much winging this thing. But the idea will be that um, tomorrow for the Packer game, we will have brisket. It should be done kind of well before that, I would think. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. So, um, again, wish me luck. It's only my second time doing a brisket. so uh, And I'm not going to be able to do it like I wanted to, which I probably shouldn't. I, I, I've done probably, like... I don't know, 20 pork butts before I ever just decided to try to do it on the Weber the whole way through, you know, trying, trying to get a six, seven, eight hour cook on a Weber. Um, you know, it's, it's not as easy as just throwing it in the pellet grill. So I don't want to mess up the brisket. It's fine. I'll put it in the pellet grill. I was feeling ambitious, but you know, I don't have enough charcoal right now. But yeah, I mean, I will say, and I don't know, I can't remember. These are, there's so many things I've looked up, and I don't remember exactly what it was. In Rogers' defense, I feel like he had got a bad rap as far as the comeback wins thing, but I may be remembering that wrong. I know I looked it up, and I, I can't remember. I thought he had, like, a bad reputation early on, and I looked it up, and I'm like, no, that's not necessarily true. 
or maybe it's the opposite of that. I don't know. But I, I do think there's a lot of recency bias. You know, the last couple of years, obviously, it hasn't gone very well. And so that's just kind of how we remember Rodgers. So I'll just say, because I, I want to look it up, because I want to be right, but I'm also very tired and I need to get going. Um, I do think he was good at it early in his career, and then uh, I think that started to dissipate. But again, I could be very wrong about that. Brian, Kyle from Madison. Hey. Hey, I appreciated you playing that uh, post-game locker room uh, audio on the podcast. I watched right? that after the game. And the first thing that came to mind when I saw Rashawn Gary break down like that, well, I mean, other than the fact that that is a, just a terrifying human being. Yes. And I am so glad he's on our team. Yes. Because that guy is an absolute game wrecker, and I agree he needs to be paid yesterday. I mean, what, what a terrifying performance by that man. But the other thing I thought of was, where are all those people that I had to listen to tell me that Rashawn Gary isn't interested in football, doesn't have the heart to play, you know, uh, doesn't give effort? Where are all those people right now? I'd like to speak to those people. Hey, you're stupid. You're stupid. This man would die for this team, and I believe that. I don't know how people can make sweeping generalizations like that. You watch in, in, uh, you know, even after the bears game, man, was he intense when, when love is getting interviewed after the game? I mean, this guy, whew, I, I don't know. I don't know that I have seen something like this in a long time on the defensive side, the intensity, um, and just the pure force of will, um, but if they're, I mean, if you're still a doubter out there, man, just go away. Yeah. The passion this man has is 11 out of 10. So, all right, buddy. Talk to you. Yeah, I'm actually glad that you said that um, because it feels like all of us um, that, you know, and again, I didn't like the pick. I'll be very obvious or, or honest about that and anybody that watched the live stream knew that I, I didn't want Rashawn Gary to be the pick um with that said like most normal human beings you accept it and you say okay well I mean they took him for a reason and you go back and learn some more and then you start to get excited about it and then you just see how it goes but there were people man they would seek me out they would seek me out after every single play that happened that Rashawn Gary didn't make a sack and then when Rashawn Gary suddenly is a good football player, they vanished. I haven't seen them, haven't heard from them, nothing. So it, it is beyond frustrating that you can act like a small child, a petulant, freaking spoiled brat child. The, the, the kinds of things that people say and do and how they act, and I, I have a feeling, I could be wrong, these could be small teenagers. I, I just envision grown freaking men acting like this. And, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you called them out because I'm sure as much as they hide, they still listen, you know, they hide in the shadows and, and, and they move on to the next thing, probably with a different account. They've got their anti Jordan love account and everything else. And it all comes back to hating Gutekunst because of a pick that he made or a couple picks that he made, or the fact that he doesn't get every single pick right or whatever the case may be. He didn't go all in for Rogers or whatever. Um, it's, it's very annoying that they will act that way until you prove them wrong and then when you do nothing changes nothing changes they just drop that one and go to another one so yes um agree with everything you said and i think that 
everybody that acts that way should be ashamed of the way they act. And like I've said, I have no issue with with your opinion on a player. I don't care whether you like or don't like a player or a pick or whatever the case may be. That's not the issue. Um, the issue is acting like a petulant child and not giving people opportunities and having unrealistic expectations of certain people. If you don't like a pick, you don't like a pick, that's fine. But you have to give them a chance to play and see whether you are right or wrong about the pick. You don't get to just declare that it was stupid. And then, you know, three games in, the person hasn't been inducted into the freaking Hall of Fame, and so you feel you have the right to just start thrashing around like a psychopath. But yeah, again, wh- where are those people? They all vanished. Where are, where are all the Rashawn Gary haters? I mean, and some of you have better memories than me. You'll remember them. And if you do, feel free to track them down and, and remind them. Or at the very least, the next time they pop up with their takes, you, you absolutely need to throw that back in their face. Like, oh, yeah, Jordan's bad. Kind of like what you thought about Rashawn, right? I don't remember. So, whatever. But anyways, I got to get out of here. I got to go to bed. I'm tired. You guys have a good rest of your day. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.